0: And welcome back to our final episode this week, I believe, of Search, Ponder, and Pray. Now, um, yeah, this week we're going to we're going to try and wrap up Joseph Smith Matthew today. Um, but I do believe that it will probably not. We probably won't get fully to the end today. Um, but I hope that, you, uh, as always, that you'll continue to study on your own. Um, like I said, this is probably been the last one for this week um yeah so let's go ahead and get started before we get too far into everything and let's start with a word of prayer our dear heavenly father we are so very grateful for this day we thank thee for the many blessings that thou hast bestowed upon us we ask thee to please bless us with thy spirit now bless us that we might have our minds and hearts open to thy word that we might know in what ways we can apply your teachings to our lives and in what ways we, and in what ways we might bless the lives of those around us we pray for these things ever so humbly Father in the name of Jesus Christ amen all right so uh, last time we had just got done talking about um, the abomination of desolation in verse twelve um, and I'm going to kind of skip ahead just a little bit we're going to read also read up but we're going to just kind kind of skip through a little bit because I want to get to um We're going to kind of get out of the section, if you remember on Monday we talked about how there's two sections. There's a section that talks about um, Jerusalem, and then there's a section that talks about the last days. So we're going to kind of jump through some of the sections that talk about Jerusalem and what happened to the Jews. um, And we're going to jump ahead to uh, parts that more definitely apply to us. All right, so in verse 13. Then then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop flee and not return or take anything out of his house. And I let him who is in the field t- return back and take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and woe unto them that give suck in those days. Therefore pray ye the Lord, that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then in those days shall the great tribulation on the Jews and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, such as was not before sent up upon Israel of God since the beginning of their kingdom until this time, no, nor even shall be sent again upon Israel. All things which have befallen them are only the beginning of the sorrows which shall come upon them. And except those days should be shortened, there should be none of their flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, according to the covenant, those days shall be shortened. Behold, these things I have spoken unto you concerning the Jews. And again, after the tribulation of those days, which shall come upon Jerusalem, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe him not. For in those days there shall also arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if possible, they shall deceive the very elect, who are the elect according to the covenant. All right, here we are. We're jumping now into our day in those days so if we jump to the to the student manual in the pre and i'm preaching my gospel um also also a good manual you should read though um <clears throat> if we jump to the pearl of great price student manual and we jump to um in those days all right so false christ elder bruce R. R. McConkie of the quorum of the twelve apostles explained False Christs? False Redeemers? False Saviors? Will there actually be men who claim to fulfill the Messianic prophecies who will step forward to offer their blood for the sins of the world? Is it possible that some will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come unto me and be saved. Or others will profess to return in glory, bearing the wounds with which the true Christ was wounded in the house of his friends. True, there may be those deranged persons who suppose they are God, or Christ, or the Holy Ghost, or almost anything, but none none but the lunatic fringe among men, however, will give them a second serious thought. The promise of false Christ who will deceive, if it were possible, even the very elect, who will lead astray those who have made eternal covenants with the Lord, is far more subtle and insidious evil. A, A false Christ is not a person. It is a false system of worship a false church, a false cult, to say, Lo, here is salvation, here is the doctrine of Christ, come and believe thus and so, and ye shall be saved. Is it any concept it is any concept or philosophy that says that redemption, salvation, sanctification, justification, and all the promised rewards can be gained in any way except that set forth by the apostles and prophets. That should be fairly straightforward in how it comes forth in in saying, you know, this is, it's like we talked about yesterday. If you are, if, if any of us, if any of us adhere to anything that says this is how you live and this is how you can gain happiness and joy and peace in this life. If it's not, if it's not the actual gospel, that's a false Christ um if you if you've listened I, I think i talked about this yesterday i may not have but if you if you had a chance to listen to um choosing glory the podcast by Lily anderson great podcast great um she's really good at what she talks about i disagree with her on some things but you know that's that's the joy of the gospel and that's the joy of agency is that we learn and grow together you know that's why we listen and discuss these things with other people so that it gets us to think about it it gets us to, to, to find areas where we ourselves might think, well, mm, mm, I thought differently about that. It's happened to me several times as I've been doing this, as I've been studying. Um, and as I've been listening to other podcasts, to think maybe, maybe I need to change this thinking that I have a little bit. As long as we are studying with our minds open and our, and our hearts open to the spirit. It kind of goes along with that saying, have an open mind, but don't open your mind so much that your brain falls out, if you've ever heard that saying. All right. Um, But anyways, she was talking about, um, there's a book by Jonathan Kahn. He's a Messianic Jew um, called Return of the Gods, which if you have the chance and the time to read, I would highly suggest it. Highly suggest reading that book. Um, I have only heard about it. We are set to re- me and my wife are, s- are planning on reading it to coming up soon. Um, but basically the premise of this book is that the gods of the Old Testament, the gods of the ancient world, these idol- these I- uh, idolic gods, I guess, these heathen gods, the God of Baal, the god of Ashtaroth, the god of uh, Molech, these, uh, these various gods. That they've all returned quietly, privately, and are taking hold on our world once more. Just real quick, the three big ones for me that I always think about are Bel, Molech, and Ashtaroth. Now, Bel um, in the Old Testament, if you remember from last year's study, Bel was the god of um, agriculture and um, wealth and, and, and whatnot. Now, Bel. Um, promised through sacrifice and through worship that if you would adhere to his um, his gospel, so to speak, then he would grant you economic power. You would gain power. You'd gain privilege. You'd gain money. You would gain those things from him. And we did our best to try and get rid of that, obviously. But if you start to notice there's certain things that, you might think it's you might think me crazy, but at, the more you think about it, the more you'll start to think it's a little bit frightening. You start to see that desire, the greed, that want, that pride sink sink into men's hearts, especially nowadays. And I've found it very interesting that the typical symbol for Bell was a bull or an ox. Now, if we think about the economy, and we think about a bull, we might see a hinge point that when the market is doing well, when the stock market is doing well, we call it a bull run. There's a statue on the New York Stock Exchange of a bull The bull is the symbol of economic power and it is widely accepted as such in our world today. A little bit frightening. Ashtaroth was the goddess of fertility. She promised sexual pleasure and the fulfillment of sexual desires. Her Followers would worship in the groves, in worshiping in orgies. The temple priests and priestesses were often um, there for sexual services uh, and, and other things. And it was also believed that if it was your desire, the goddess Ashtaroth even had the ability to change the male into female and the female to male because she was the goddess of sexuality. A little frightening there. And then we move forward on to Molech. Molech was the god of power, position, pride. And those who worship Molech would make their, fi- their children pass through the fires of Molech, is the terminology that the Old Testament uses, I mean, talking about it. Those who made their children pass through the fire would sacrifice their children to this God in order that they might have power and not be hindered by their enemies. In our world today, how many children's lives have been lost through abortion, through neglect, either physically lost through neglect and abortion, or lost altogether through negligence to gangs to the Internet, to all these various things that steal the children away today, that corrupt them because... We as parents are too interested in gaining worldly power. I testify that the old gods have indeed returned, and our only salvation can truly come through the Lord. All right, moving on from that dark subject, we're going to move on a little bit uh, in the in the in the student manual. Further on, it talks about the prophet Joseph Smith. So, the prophet Joseph Smith warned, When a man goes about prophesying and commands men to obey his teaching, he must either be a true or false prophet. Seems fairly straightforward. It has to be one or the other, right? False prophets always arise to oppose the true prophets, and they will prophesy so very near the truth that they will deceive almost the very chosen ones. He also taught the world always mistook false prophets for true ones, and those that were sent of God they considered to be false prophets. And hence they killed, stoned, punished, and imprisoned the true prophets, and they had to hide themselves in the deserts and dens and caves of the earth. And although the most honorable men of the earth, they banished them from their society as vagabonds, whilst they cherished, honored, and supported knaves, vagabonds, hypocrites, impostors. And the basis of men elder m russell ballard of the quorum of the 12 apostles warned about false prophets and false teachers jesus cautioned several times that prior to his second coming many false prophets will arise and shall deceive many as apostles of the lord jesus christ it is our duty to be the watchman on the tower warning church members to beware of false prophets and false teachers who lie in wait to ensnare and destroy faith and testimony. Today we warn you that there are false prophets and false teachers arising, and if we are not careful, even those who are among the faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will fall victim to their deception. When we think of false prophets and false teachers, we tend to think of those who espouse an obviously false doctrine or presume to have authority to teach the true gospel of Christ according to their own interpretation. We often assume that such individuals are associated with small radical groups on the fringes of society. However, I reiterate that there are false prophets and false teachers who have or at least claim to have membership in the church. There are, no, there are those who without authority claim church endorsement to their products and practices. Beware of such. Therefore, let us beware of false prophets and false teachers, both men and women, who are self-appointed declarers of the doctrines of, of, the, of the church and who seek to spread their false gospel and attract followers by sponsoring symposia, books, and journals whose contents challenge fundamental doctrines of the church. Beware of those who speak and publish in op- opposition to God's true prophets and who actively proselyte others who, with reckless disregard for the eternal well-being of those whom they seduce like Nehor and Corahor in the Book of Mormon they rely on sophistry to deceive and entice others to their views they set themselves up for a light unto the world that they may get gain and praise and praise of the world but they seek not the welfare of Zion of such president Joseph F Smith warned when he spoke of the self of the proud self-vaunting ones who read by the lamps of their own conceit, who, who interpret by rules of their own contriving, who have become a law unto themselves and so pose as the sole judges of their own doings. That's pretty hefty, right? It continues on with the great signs and wonders. Elder James E. Talmadge of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles cautioned Latter-day Saints not to be deceived by miracles that are performed by false prophets. After quoting Joseph Smith Matthew, Elder Talmadge said the invalidity of miracles as proof of divinely appointed... (sighs) Sorry. The invalidity of miracles as proof of divinely appointed ministry is declared in an utterance of Jesus Christ regarding the events of the great judgment. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The Jews to whom these teachings were addressed. Knew that wonders could be wrought by evil powers, for they changed Christ, for they charged Christ with working miracles by the authority of Beelzebub, the prince of devils. All right, so there's some there's some things that you have to throw out as good key factors to be like, well, I can I can I know they're speaking truth because of this. I know they're speaking truth because because they're a member of the church. Nope, we're told no, that's not true. Just because someone espouses to be a returned missionary or says that they are a member of the church, that does not mean that what they are saying is the true doctrine of Christ. And that does not mean that they have the stewardship and the keys to govern the church. They may be able to discuss ideas with you, but you are responsible for your own learning. You cannot outsource that. Once you outsource your learning, your gospel growth, to another person, be that friend or foe, you have now trusted in the arm of flesh, which we are explicitly told not to do. The prophet and the and the, 12, and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, they act as the head of the church, and they set the boundaries wherein we are to live. You are given the responsibility to live within those bounds and to grow within them. You have been... Pleaded with by the prophet to go to the temple, to seek the Lord, to seek revelation on your own, that you may grow in that relationship with God. He is doing everything he possibly can, they, or they are doing everything they possibly can, to explain to you that, that you cannot allow the prophet and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles to stand between you and God. Nor can you allow anyone else to stand in that position. You must be responsible for for that relationship on your own. If you are willing to pay that price, the blessings of such a life will pour out upon you in ways that are innumerable. If you, however, hand over the keys to your own salvation to another individual, you tie yourself down to their own doings. Men will fail. Always. Everyone is fallible. I make mistakes. I probably have several things I've said in this podcast that may not be 100% in line, probably aren't 100% in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I have to find correction on, that I will find later on in life, or maybe next week, or maybe tomorrow, or maybe this afternoon, that "Mm, I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong. And so you can't take someone and say, "Well, I trust that person implicitly. So whatever they say, I'll do." First off, no, you won't, because if you're going to do that to anybody, if you're if you're going to if you're going to say, "I'll I'll I'll do whatever this person says," the person who's receiving direction from the Lord for the church is the prophet. Are you doing everything the prophet has asked you to do? Are you going regularly to the temple? Are you seeking that revelation? Are you striving to build up the kingdom daily? Have you kicked out all unworthy things in your life? Have you done those things? Speaking for myself, I have not. I have not. And therefore, I am not doing everything this person says. So, I I can't be trusted with that. I have to be responsible to and answerable to the Lord. We discuss with each other, we set boundaries with each other, but we do not allow other people to take charge of our relationship with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. In a similar pattern, we are told that just because miracles are performed, that does not mean that that person can be trusted that does not mean that that person what that person has to be he has to be this way he prophesied he told us this was coming the devils can tell you what's coming we must stand firm we must stand fast and be not moved. We must stand in holy places, brothers and sisters. If possible, they shall deceive the very elect. After quoting Joseph Smith Matthew, President Harold B. Lee defined the elect as members of the church. Similarly, President Marion G. Romney of the First Presidency said, Now those who are the elect according to the covenant are members of the church, so we ourselves are on notice to beware. President Joseph F. Smith warned, let it not be forgotten that the evil one has great power in the earth, and that by every possible means he seeks to darken the minds of men, and then offers them falsehood and deception in the guise of truth. Satan is a skillful imitator, and as genuine as and as genuine gospel truth is given the world in ever increasing abundance so he spreads the counterfeit coin of false doctrine beware of his spurious currency it will purchase for you nothing but disappointment death and mi- misery and spiritual death the father of lies he has been called and such an adept as he as he sorry and ha- has been called and such as an adept has he become through the ages of practices in his nefarious work that were to that were it possible he would deceive the very elect (sighs) brothers and sisters, it is it is not a light thing to see the coming days and to live in these coming days and to outsource our gospel learning, our gospel growth, our spiritual lives and those lives of our families to others. We must take responsibility and we must do better. Before we end, there was one section uh, in the scriptures that I wanted to jump to um, because I felt like it um, was very... um, was very helpful. Um, Let's see if I can find it real quick. I am so sorry, I had marked it and now it's gone. There it is. The Lord says in verse 37, and whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. For the son of man shall come and he shall send his angels before him with the the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together the remainder of his elect from the four winds, from one end end of heaven to the other. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branches are yet tender, and it begins to put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, my elect, when they shall see all these things, they shall know that he is near. Even at the door. Brothers and sisters, we're told right there Whoso treasureth up my word, study the scriptures, study them, draw near to the Lord in your daily scripture study, and it will serve you well. Obey every word that cometh out of the mouth of the Lord. And you will find that you are protected. We must trust in the Lord. We must turn our backs on the old gods as they return and as they they begin to rage in our world. If we are willing to do that, the Lord will bless us. The Lord will save us. He is our Savior. He comes as our king. He will first save us individually, spiritually, on our own terms when we allow him to come in. And one day he will come back and he will abase all the kingdoms of the earth. And the kingdom of God will reign supreme. I testify this is true. I testify that you have, we all have wonderful, wonderful things to look forward to. If we will keep our eyes single to the glory of God, if we will search, ponder, and pray, the Lord will bless us, that we will be among the faithful, that we will be among the remainder that is gathered of his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. I testify this is true. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I pray that the Lord will be with each of us. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs)